Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. You best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. There are no survivors. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films, and yes, the expanded universe we dabble in history, stress the euphemisms, and strive to have a hell of a good swashbuckler time each and every damn week. That's what I have to say. Because it's a pirate, as I said last time, safe space. Well, just because of the corona thing. Where we gather to break down each and every single minute of the films in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, I am your captain, your host. Just covering the bases there for Heather. Scott Artist from scottartist.com. So I don't say I'm your host? No. You just say, I'm your I'm co-host? Here. I'm the minion. I'm not a minion. You're the minion. <laughs> uh, Heather Artist from blackpearlshow.com. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for episode 116 of season two. We're drinking the life out of minutes 132 and 133 of that little film known as Dead Man's Chest. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And I'm still... With the new studio, getting a pulse on the sounds. Because I'm not really like entirely happy of the ambient noise levels and things that are filtering into the new studio. I'm really thinking of now getting like a giant foam wall piece just to be able to block additional sound. It's really irritating me. I don't well, know if it comes through much on the podcast, but I'm hearing it. And when I'm really doing the editing stuff and, and prepping it, it comes through for me. And it really just annoys the hell out of me. Well, right now, you know, in the... In the old place, there wasn't a direct thing that the you could hear the birds from the room we were in. Exactly. There was a line of sight deal here that we have almost where the echo from the chattering birds, the whatever that is in Disneyland. What is the The tiki room. The, the tiki our, room. Yes. Our, our tiki room just <laughs> infiltrates the studio. <laughs> and before it was kind of a, the way it was shaped, it was kind of layered and out, out of this line of sight, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And so the sound never bounced back there. Here, it seems to bounce right in. I've tried, yeah, I don't know. I'm just irritated well, with it. I hope, I, I probably now brought it to the attention of everybody. They're all going to listen for our birds now. Yeah, and the, or they were going, man, Cotton's parrot is just everywhere. <laughs> no, yeah, it's ours. And I'm still working to, as I said in the beginning when we came back, that I'm working to, to get rid of all that and get things back to the pristine nature that I like. But no. Or we could just start welcoming everybody to the tiki room. Yeah, maybe we need to do that. It's the tiki, 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 tiki room. Anyways, it's day 15 since we've been banished to isolation on Rum Runner's Isle. All the amenities are in full supply, I think. And given the amount of rum that's been stashed away on the island, I'm thinking we got another few weeks before we need to, I don't know what, harness a couple of sea turtles and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Other than that, I think all is good in Napa County. It's kind of our home base. Hope everyone else is faring well, though. Hopefully, everybody's faring well. I sure well hope there. so. I think so. Yeah. 
I did notice that our listeners went from really high to just one person. So I don't know if that's saying something. No, there's two. Oh, there's two. There's two. There's two now. So maybe everybody else is just... No, I'm just kidding. No, everything's bounced back. I think most things have actually bounced back. So I'm glad to see that that's happening. But now that we've kind of aired our, what we call our COVID-19 public service announcement right there, being stuck on Rum Runner's Isle. We have something a bit more useful for the, you know, for all the upcoming kind of scallywags out there. I thought you were going to do a COVID-19 commercial. No, not a commercial. It'd be a public service announcement. (laughs) And it was offered to us to host a COVID-19 public service announcement. And I thought... We chose not to. Why would we do that when I could talk about isolating myself on Rum Runner's Isle? And I thought that's a way better use of my time is to be stuck somewhere with a bunch of rum. But that's just the pirate coming out. (laughs) But as I was saying, there's something way more useful than that public service announcement, either the Rum Runner's Isle one or the real one from the CDC. It's actually Pirate Word of the Week. Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in five, four, three, two. Yeah. Oh, that's not the Pirate Word of the Week. Reef sales. Reef sales. Reef sales. It's actually to shorten the sails by partially tying them up, either to slow the ship or to keep strong winds from putting too much strain on the mast. Hmm. Reef sails, like R E E F. Exactly. Huh. That's interesting. I I wonder what I wonder why they call it reef sails. But that's just my mind wandering because Lord knows Heather would never bring us why something becomes that. Oh, of course I wouldn't. It's another homework assignment for everybody out there. You get teased with the pirate word of the week, and then you got to go do your own legwork to find out why it actually became reef sails. Because my mind immediately goes to like a coral reef or a reef. Is is there something that they did to get off a reef at one point, and so then that became reef sails? That's what I'm just wondering. And nobody knows now because Heather brought us a pirate word of the week. Now, you know, if I brought you pirate word of the week, we know all kinds of stuff. But no, we got to rely on Heather. Because in the previous minutes, and it's funny because whenever I do in the previous minutes, I always raise my hand, yet I'm the you only do. one in the studio besides Heather. Well, in the dogs. But what I'm saying is, is why do I do it like I'm on camera? Like I'm making I have a no point. Clue. It's weird. But it is in the previous minutes, in no particular order. Jack is back and takes a shot with Elizabeth holding onto his leg. Rigetti comes to her rescue and chops off a tentacle. The Kraken gets flambeed. And the entire crew prepares to abandon ship. All of them. I mean all of them. All eight of them. Minute 132 begins with Elizabeth Swan approaching Jack Sparrow as he looks at the Black Pearl. Just after giving the order to abandon ship. 133, that's minute 133, ends with Elizabeth on the longboat telling Will Turner he elected to stay behind to give us a chance. The remaining crew look up towards the deck and Elizabeth glares at Will. But I do declare. I do declare. Is what I'm going to say here. Because I had kind of a Michael Scott thing in my mind right there. Because when he's trying to do the Southern thing, everything he says is, I do declare. He carries that into another episode, too. I do declare? Yeah. Well, I do declare that this is the real end of the movie. That is my We still have minutes left. No. Did you not hear? I, I prefaced it by saying the real end of the movie. Oh, you can end it at these two minutes and call it a day. That's right. Because this is the... Okay, maybe you need to kind of tie up some ends and stuff. But I'm saying this is actually the end of the movie. 
This is the ultimate climax for the film. So you can forget any crack in action that may be popping back up. I'm saying this is where the film ends for this particular one for me. It's, all that other stuff could be brought up in At World's End. Whatever. By the way, did you notice my mermaid pants I got on today? Nobody can see that. So why are we bringing up mermaid pants? <laughs> That's just what I want to know. That And that should be for On Stranger Tides. This is ill-appropriate. It's not like appropriate. Ill-appropriate. Not appropriate to wear <laughs> the live show. There you go. Live-ish. It's recorded live. Like all shows are recorded live. So just forget I said that. Anyways, mermaid pants or not, what I'm saying is, is the film could end right here and I'd be satisfied with it. Because this is where everything kind of comes together. This is... Like, everything else from this point forward I see as a teaser trailer for At World's End. That's what I see. And this, and here's why. I know you're giving me the look. Like, I don't see it. And you can disagree. You, if you want to go first, you can go first go and ahead. make your argument. And then I will no, go I ahead. will jump into my soliloquy of I why I think. I can't make my argument because I haven't seen the rest of the movie. <laughs> I think we're all adults here and know that you've seen the movie many times. So I would like to know why you're saying that you don't think it's the end of the movie. And then I will let you know why I think it's the end of the movie. Or should be the end of the movie. You want Jack to be hanging there? I'm just saying... His life in the limbs? Not, okay, see, again, this is... It's like the feathering conversation we have. Can you feather something gently? You know, it's not like hard left or hard right. It's like, can you feather it a little bit? So here, when I'm talking about the end of the movie, I'm give, let, let's feather this a little bit. Let's let's put a little polish on it, but not go so hard as we grind it down to the nub, okay? I'm saying the end of the movie, not where it's like Jack has to be hanging there, but everything that's happened so far in this movie, the lead up from beginning to this point, is a wrap of the film. It ties up everything. Does it not tie up everything for this film? Could it not? No, there is one other thing it doesn't tie up. Could it end right now and we would go okay that makes sense because you'd forget about the one other thing if, if it would be like an artistic ending where you're supposed to decide i hate those kinds well of i'm just saying don't. it could end this way it could end right here and i'd be satisfied you know i don't like those movies because of lord of the rings i know but you're see i knew you weren't gonna play along i knew of you course i'm not gonna play along because it's got a lord of the okay, rings then, ending if then you tell me here. why i just told me, you no, just that's not a reason come on I mean, really, I'm going to have to break out the pirate sound effects and you're going to walk the plank here or whatever it is down to Davy Jones's locker. Any one of those sayings that I haven't really brought up since we've come back. But why why don't you not think, why do you, in the English translation, why do you think that that's not a proper ending for the film? If we ended right in these two minutes, Elizabeth so you, basically so kisses think, Depp and then locks him to the you, mast and that's it. You think Jack's going to, like, it was it would be Jack dies here. Or who knows? And what happens to the rest of the crew? They get on See? the longboat. They get on the longboat and yeah. sail off. Yeah, but where? Jack, where do they do? Where do they do, they do <laughs> for one thing, is weird. But does the Kraken get them? No, because you leave all kinds of things said, in question when if you stop it here. I didn't say that there wouldn't be some questions, but you tie up the main story. The main story is not the Kraken. The main story. And we know that there's Davy is Jones. Jack is not and Elizabeth? Out. Yes, thank you. You're that welcome. is the the main story. That's what I'm talking about here. That's what's going on because we know that At World's End is coming. I mean, we're not in a bubble here on the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. So what I'm we saying we are is, in a bubble. So what I'm saying is is 
and as I did say, is that the rest of the movie after this point is a teaser trailer for At World's End. All of this could end up in the beginning of the next film and we would be okay. That's all I'm saying. I don't need, and I'm not saying I don't like the other stuff. I'm just saying this is where it all ends. This is the climax to the movie. You don't agree still. I know. I'll send you to the deep. Then tell me why. Besides, it's a Lord you. of the Rings thing. Exactly. That doesn't even make sense to me. No, besides, why doesn't it? Because you're leaving too many loose ends. No, but then it you comes- got to technically. Okay, let's say it ended here in the movie theater. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Then you have to wait two years for the next movie to come out. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that means we're gonna stop in the middle of this movie to see what happens. We to do the crew stop in the middle of this movie. Yeah, but to see what happens to you. We do have to stop to see what happens to Jack. That's my point. We see what happens to the crew. We see. That they're safe. Yeah, okay. We see that Jack gets out, okay. Hey, when we see the trailer for At World's End and we see that, hey, Will's back, we know that he got saved. When Patel, Rigetti, Elizabeth, that's what, what I'm saying is, and you made my point for me, is that we don't know what happens to Jack. Very well, he could have died. And I know we're jumping ahead, but yeah. yeah. you're doing the thing we're not supposed to be doing in here. Yeah, but we've morphed that. I'm just saying my point has been proven. And given that your only reasoning is loose ends in Lord of the Rings is your example of how this is. And by the way, it's not Lord of the Rings is what you're referring to. So if people don't in the audience remember or way back to season one when we talked about Heather's first venture into the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, where it just kind of ends when Heather thought she was actually going to see the ring return to... I was in the into the freaking movie and all of a sudden, clunk. She thought it was actually going to end, oh, but yeah. it, it lingered on. So that's why she has a deep hatred for things that just end yeah. like that. But this I even literally voiced does out my opinion like in the middle of the movie theater too. Yeah, you did audibly yell out what until said, the whole what theater... The hell? Loudly, so the whole theater heard you. But my <laughs> point is... This is where it ends, and it could end, because Dead Man's Chest has been circling this idea of this attraction between Jack and Elizabeth the whole time. But it goes much deeper than this supposed love story. There's like this underlying plot with Elizabeth challenging Jack to be a better pirate, okay? A better man, if you want to call it that. Jack, on the other hand, has been tempting Elizabeth, tempting her, perhaps trying to corrupt her, kind of take away that last like bit of... Goodness, nobility, uh, a break in fidelity with Will, right? Yeah. He's been tempting her. He's a, you know, like a hookup thing. But if we wanted to just, but not a hookup. So it's more than that. It's just trying to, to bring her down. But it's interesting because this is where it's a sign of great writing. Because similar to the concept of this, it's like a an angel and a devil on the shoulder kind of thing, Right. Each is trying to persuade the other. You've seen those cartoons, those yeah. old-timey cartoons oh, yeah. or whatever. Of course. So Elizabeth is whispering to Jack to take the high road, and then Jack is drawing Elizabeth to the dark side because that's what he's trying to do. So they're both playing like these games. And what ends up happening is that both actually win in this moment, in these minutes. Both win. Because Jack gets the kiss he wants and Elizabeth. Yes, he broke her fidelity. Okay, so... It, it like completes the circle of what Elizabeth and Jack were talking about a long kind of time ago in this movie. Basically, Elizabeth betrays Will. She breaks that fidelity. She abandons this nobility idea or this goodness idea to complete her transformation to becoming a pirate. And although she works to convince herself that she's doing the right thing, 
it's like a Spock in the Wrath of Khan moment here, right? The good of the many outweigh the good of the one. And that's when Spock is bringing the warp drive system back online and sacrificing himself. Mm, the, yes. The teary-eyed Spock moment in Wrath of Khan. Does that bug in, you or something? Referenced in Seinfeld as one of the saddest moments in history. And yeah, that is very sad. But on the flip side... Jack has taken the high road here. He's becoming the good man that Elizabeth predicted he actually would. That's why he doesn't fight the shackling, the handcuffing. Because he thought maybe the handcuffing was something else coming along. Wow. We don't have time for that. That's what she said. Because she had to get off the boat because of the cracking coming. <laughs> and so it all works out. But anyways, that's it's like a smile. That's why he smiles right there. He corrupted her and she led him on the path of being selfless almost, right? Yes. So here's, and so to prove this, because I knew I might have some stuff from Heather, I actually went back to the Dead Man's script, Dead Man's chess script, by the way, that broke down what would actually happen at the end of the movie, or what I call the end of the movie, okay? So I'm going to read from the script. I'm not going to put any spin or acting on it. I'm just going to read it. So settle in I'd and like prepare to be bored. Acting, no. Please. So Elizabeth Swan and I'm not going to give names. I'm just going to start going with this and hopefully everybody follows along. Well, if here. you're not going to give names then you have to You'll know give by voices. The, I'm not doing voices. <laughs> Who is it? I'm thinking of voices, but no, I'm not going to do voices. So I'll start off with the first one. Elizabeth Swan says, "Because of I've already screwed it up. You know, whenever I start to read something, I screw it up. I would like a female voice, please. I'm not going to give you a female voice. Elizabeth Swan, because you and I are alike, and there will come a moment when you have a chance to show it, to do the right thing. Jack, I love these moments. I like to wave at them as they pass by. Remember that kind of scene? Do you remember that scene? No. You don't remember. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. This is what I'm dealing with here, folks. But anyways, you'll have the chance to do something, something courageous. And when you do, you'll discover something, that you're a good man. And then Jack replies, all evidence to the contrary. She says, I have faith in you. Want to know why? Do tell, dearie. Curiosity. You're going to want it. A chance to be admired and gain the rewards that follow. You won't be able to resist. You're going to want to know what it tastes like. I do want to know what it tastes like. But seeing you as a good man, I know you will never put me in a position that would compromise my honor. Then Jack kind of leans in to kiss her, sees a black spot reappear on his hand and pulls away. And then she says, I'm proud of you, Jack. Remember that's when they were on the yeah. ship? Okay. Yeah. So... That's my case here, because it's a case of almost like dueling proudness. Proudness. Is that a word? I don't know. Proudness. I'm, I don't know. Let's just pretend it's a word for this sake. Dueling proudness. It's like set to the tune of dueling banjos. But she's proud of Jack. He's proud of her. It's all over his face. I mean, it's not so much hers as she's like clearly, well, this is like clearly a sore point to sacrifice Jack for her, because it's not much like... Elizabeth becoming a pirate as maybe she's becoming a captain. A pirate captain. That's what I'm thinking. Because Jack loves the Pearl. So that could play into this apparent acceptance of being left behind as a Kraken bait. Kraken bait. Maybe that's the title of the episode. <laughs> Kraken bait. But more importantly, he sees that she has like become more of a pirate. Or not so much more of a pirate. Well, he calls her a pirate. As to, I know, and I definitely want to talk about that. But as like a pirate leader or a leader. Because as captain, you must, you, it's like you got to be willing to send someone to their death, right? Elizabeth has made the hard call. Kind of mm -hmm. this difficult choice to send Jack to his death so many, so others can escape. The whole Spock, you know, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few. 
she sends him to save the rest of the unit, basically, right? Yeah. That's leadership, making those incredibly hard decisions. And that's where I've been going with all this. And then when you take this like a step further, Elizabeth climbs down the stairs, you know, exiting the exit stage left of the Pearl kind of thing into the longboat. There's almost a bit of like defiance in her voice and even on her face when she's talking to Will. He clearly saw her lay one on Jack, but obviously he, he like doesn't understand the circumstance for it. She's clearly torn and, and almost like I get like a rebellious feeling from her because it's like coming to terms with the notion that she sent a man to his death so that others may live. And I don't, yeah, it's weird, the, the kind of the looks that she gets on her face. She is really strange with Will. Yeah. Not, it's no, almost like, like she cheated on him. Yeah. And, and is angry at him. It, it's it's the classic, I'm angry at myself, but I'm taking it out on you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's better to put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think we solved it. We did. But there Good is night, a, everybody. Yeah. See you next week. Because there's a classic dilemma here. Even though she knows it's the right thing to do to handcuff Jack to the mast and all that. It's like implementing that strategy while looking at someone or looking in their eyes, knowing you've sealed their fate. Think that's part of the hard, kind of the hardship she's having with all this. Because I also get the sense that she's giving Will the shut the hell up look. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I mean, it is that anger thing, but it's like, don't ask me anything about what just happened. Well, my thoughts here, everybody needed to know where Jack was. Will asked, but then she's like, exactly, shut the hell up. You're show you're saying he's not here, and I was trying to get away without him being here and nobody noticing. Well, everybody's gonna notice he's not there. Yeah. So is so maybe is that also part of it? Like, don't even bring up Jack because we don't want these guys to go, well, yeah, I'm gonna go look for Jack and they know he's not there. But that's what I'm saying. So it's a weird yeah. unless it is the anger at herself, and I'm sure some people will have some comments in the Cursed Listeners Crew group about this. But it is, yeah, I take it as some anger at herself. Maybe it's anger, not just at having to send some, you know, this first instance of having to send someone to their death as a leader, a pirate leader, pirate captain. The idea that she broke her trust with Will by using her sexuality, the attraction between the two, if you want to call it that, to trick Jack, which is another that sign of, of being is a what pirate. It is. So I think that's all just, there's yeah. so many elements playing together right there. Now, J Jack should have seen, knowing uh, Jack being the trickster he is, shouldn't he have seen this coming? Well, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. This is a classic trickster move. Yeah. Kind of the Bugs Bunny move. Yeah. And I'm sure it's probably even like when Bugs Bunny dresses up as the female rabbit and entices someone. So it's exactly, that's why it's another play on the she became a pirate the transformation is complete thing because she pulled the same move that Jack would have pulled on somebody else and has pulled on other people. But she was doing the little flirty thing on the ship earlier before Will was even on the ship. Yeah. Right. And then since Will came on the ship, it's been all this action. So nobody's really had time to get emotional with anybody. No, that's okay. true. Uh, Will and Elizabeth haven't, gone back together you know they haven't really talked about that because it's been so much activity since mm -hmm. we'll join this ship again and then you turn around and get to this point and it's a quiet time now and then she starts her little flirty thing with jack again so does jack not think that it's a trickster thing because oh it was happening before maybe she really does have feelings for me 
Well, she was also holding onto his leg. But if you step back for a moment on this exact idea, there's this point where Jack is almost like fondly looking at the pearl, knowing it may be his last time, right? Right, yes. It's like the last time he's ever going to see the ship. That's when Elizabeth, you can see her kind of do a double take, if you want to call it that, realizes what she needs to actually do to save everyone else and what she needs to do to Jack. But the vibe I also get at this point is that Jack is almost stalling. It's like he knows he needs to stay behind. Oh, yeah. So he's um, it's so you can interpret it as the last look upon the ship that drove the first full movie, his love, it's driven his whole life. Now it's also that moment of contemplation like, God, I was rowing away. I've come back. I've saved the day right for the moment. Now I really need to step up as captain again. And that means staying behind possibly. And so he knows what he needs to do. He knows that he needs to go down with the ship. That's the classic Be- captain action. Because right there. a crack in his, da- or Davy Jones he knows is that after they can't get him. A- he knows that abandon, like if he abandons ship, and they get on the longboat, they're toast. He yeah. knows that. He knows that he came back. It was a one-way trip back. I think he knew it. Yeah. And and I think that whether Elizabeth would have done that or not, he probably would have stayed anyways. And that's why the way he tells Gibbs mm-hmm. in the previous minutes that he needs to, that they need to abandon ship. It's not like abandon ship and let's get going. It's, it's kind of a somber abandoned ship. Right. Like a, we got to abandon ship. And... That's the whole point. He knows what needs to be done. He knows the sacrifice he needs to do. That's why he ends up smiling because he was probably going to do it anyways. He's proud of her. It's, again, my dueling proudness thing that she actually stepped up to do what was right, even though he was going to do it himself. He doesn't fight it or anything. Yeah. And there, there's but he, a, he oh, does say, uh, we're not free yet, love. Yeah. We're not free. Well, I think that plays into the same thing. We're not free because it's possible he's saying, yeah, I'm going to have to be here. You're also going to have to live with this. She's not free. Because hmm. she's. it's going to be hard for her. She hasn't dealt with something like this probably. Now she's sending Jack to his death. That can be hard for somebody to do. And so... <laughs> that can be hard for somebody to do. Yeah. I, I imagine that's hard for a lot of people to do. Well, there you go. <laughs> But I also think there's this like heavy biblical allegory thing happening here. It's oh no, a biblical allegory? What'd you say? Allegory, not some I don't even know what you said. What'd you say? I said allegory. That's what I said. You in no way said allegory. <laughs> I did. No, you didn't. I can't even believe you're gonna def- go against this when we clearly have tape of the incident. Okay, digital tape of the incident. And when I'm Checking on this, I'm going to point out, I'll throw in a pirate R. Allegory is what I said. Yeah. There's no way you said You just allegory. assume I didn't say it right. All I'm going to say, I'm just going to, ch- why are we talking about this? I'll check the thing and we'll go from there. But anyways, a biblical allegory is what I'm talking about. Or a allegory or whatever you said. But anyways, <laughs> here's my idea. Jack, and this is where I get the hate. Jack is Jesus and Elizabeth is Judas betraying him which circles back to the use of the lens flare as the areole remember we talked about the areola yes yes talked about a lot of areolas on the last show (laughs) (laughs) so you can revisit that as you can hear listen to more about the areoles and it's the big circle lens flare that engulfed jack right yes so he's pirate jesus that's what i'm saying 
Wow. Yeah, wait a moment. I'm just making sure there's no bolt of lightning first for saying that. So I think we're all good. We're still here. But Pirate Jesus, because that's what I'm kind of getting here is, is that she's betraying him. There was that whole circle. He knows what needs to happen. Yeah, the circle of trust, which she's clearly not in the circle of trust anymore. <laughs> or maybe she is. Well, that's true. By the way, the uh, the music for this scene is called Abandoned Ship Jack's Demise, hmm. which I thought was good. It actually runs 4 minutes, 47 seconds. This is uh, more info, not breakdown. However, I do need to check on something because I think it's actually a subset of a larger piece of music that appeared on the official soundtrack. Not like the expanded one where it has like every single piece of music. Yeah. This is just the soundtrack that's released. And that one is called Hello Beastie, which I remember is like 10 minutes or something like that. Over 10 minutes long. So I did do some stuff on the Jack's Demise. And then it turned into Hello Beastie, whatever. But I had to go to that magical thing called the internet to find some like info from a musically inclined person. As opposed to me going, wow, that was that was great. <laughs> did I hear a choir back there? Is that a drum? No. So I, I wanted more of a breakdown as opposed to that kind of severely layman's breakdown of mine that borderlined what is going on with that guy. Uh, so I did do that. And the track, and if you listen to it, it actually fits really nicely because it begins with a sorrowful tune, okay? And there's this brief refrain from the Curse of the Black Pearl's love theme that is heard before growing darker with like a backing choir, which is what I was just saying. I thought I heard a choir. Yeah. Which, again leads back into the idea that it's pirate Jesus and this whole biblical allegory. Okay? Maybe the choir is a mermaid. Well, it could be the mermaids from On Stranger Tides, but I don't think so. Because uh, it And the whole idea is that this then builds into a mournful kind of heroic theme. And then it builds into the full orchestra before segueing into a refrain of Lord Cutler Beckett's theme at 5 minutes and 27 seconds. And this shifts again into a mournful cello version of Jack's theme from the medallion calls. That's what this particular piece is called. So it's like mixing all these other pieces together, right? Okay. And then it goes into the pirate's theme. And so the score kind of gains this momentum and ends with this cue, uh, like with a triumphant fanfare at 10 minutes. And so, and then this eventually leads directly into the end credits, which is he's a pirate, but we're not there yet. But what really caught my attention again, like I said, is this backing choir. Because it just, it really hits this biblical element for some reason that we see the circle, we see Jack, the betrayal, it's all that kind of stuff. Jack's sacrifice. And and that's what I found was really interesting. And I'm not saying it did, I'm just saying that is like a strong vibe I'm getting from it. Oh, okay. Very interesting. In these couple of minutes, there's some really cool shots. I thought so. Go ahead. You know, you have Jack admiring the pearl. I really and, like that. And like and saying goodbye to it. No, yeah. not at all. But you get to see his back and you get to just feel the uh, love he has for the Pearl and how much he's going to miss it, miss her. And then uh, you're looking down at the longboat and you see the beautiful water down there. Yeah. You know, it's just open water right there. And it's just a neat shot looking down at everybody in the longboat and the water. And it's just a beautiful shot there. And then the last one I wanted to talk about was actually when you're looking up at Gibbs. Oh, yeah. I don't, I think I. It's just like a different view of Gibbs. You're looking up at him, like, you know. Yeah, I have that as a bullet pointer and something because I have 
a list I'm coming up with when I'll round things out with. Today? Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, So I won't- Normally no- you bring list early in the show. Oh, I like my list at the end. <laughs> I'm going to end on my list. <laughs> You're right. I usually start off with a list, but this time I'm, I'm ending with a list. And it's not like, it's just a, some favorite things that I like to, uh, kind of a recurring, semi-recurring thing. list of theme your I favorite do. things? Yeah, kind of. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> More Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to uh, mention or that. Or is that Sound of Music? How dare you? Isn't that still Disney? Is it? Are you really, are we doing this? Are we doing this on the air now? We don't even know. No. We're going to be losers out there. These are a few of my favorite. Yeah. Is that, that's not Disney. It is Sound of who Music. Is it? Who is yeah, who is that? Oh, it's a. Uh, I knew you were letting Smith me Smith and. No, well, we know it's not Disney. Okay, so it's not a Disney movie. It's twentieth century. Twentieth century Fox. I knew you were pulling something over on us. I'm trying to. You That's know, ridiculous. musicals just make me think of Disney. Well, I can see that, but <laughs> trying to, you know, we'll get called out on it if you didn't correct that. Yes, you let that go. Oh, with that, we'd be in major trouble. We then. would? How dare you? <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wasn't the one who perpetrated such nonsense on people. Anyways, you were saying with your shots. Or- so, a bit of fact here. The scene where Elizabeth kisses Jack Sparrow was actually left out of Orlando Bloom's script for a better reaction. Oh, seriously? That's cool. Yeah, so he didn't know anything about that kiss. Hmm. It just all of a sudden happened. So, his reaction is real there. Oh, that's crazy. Right? Yeah. I like that. Kind of interesting. Yeah. A little Mm. bit of fact for you. Okay. Since you keep bringing this up, I'm going to bullet point one of my lists here. Because that was on one of my favorite things is Will getting a glimpse of the kiss, but interrupted by Gibbs. Because it's almost like it throws a little doubt as to what is really happening. Did he really just see that from Will's perspective? I'm going to leave it there did, until did my Did I list see happens. something else or was it actually a yeah. kiss? Yeah. So it was so quick that he just kind of yeah. and threw kind of Gibbs mm, in this whole area. Yeah. But I'll save that to my list. Okay. What else you got? That's it. That's it? Yeah. Nothing else besides trying to pull the wool over the sound of music eyes and yeah. giving that to Disney? Although, wait. Man, this is a, okay. Now, what? I do have to stand corrected. I almost perpetrated something that could have come back on me because Disney has acquired Fox. Therefore, 20th Century Fox items. So Heather is correct in a way. Right, because I've seen it on the Disney Channel. So On Disney Plus. So, mm. but no. So we know that she is right by luck because, but she thought it was really a Disney movie, but it's not. So we're both right in our own separate ways. Therefore, we can call it good. Man, we almost, I almost, I could have got blasted for that. And the last thing I want to do is get called out. That's why I thought it was Disney because it's on Disney Plus. Okay. Disney Plus, good. Exactly. Since you don't have anything else, and I guess we get to do a few of my favorite things. It's almost like a few of my favorite background elements, or maybe some of them are background elements. Because I'm going to start this off with some pirate bodies, okay? <laughs> There's bodies from the Kraken attack that are seen yeah. on the deck. They're also in the in all the roping, the rigging. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not a lot, but a couple of them to kind of keep us in the moment of what's just happened. But not enough to detract from the powerful Elizabeth and Jack scene that's happening. Here. Yeah, because when uh, Jack is actually looking over the Black Pearl, he's looking right towards a couple of bodies. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's probably going, uh, oh, poor Sweepy. <laughs> sweepy actually was pulled through the... Yeah, hole, yeah. So, he was with well, he portal. could still be saying poor Sweepy, but 
Eh, you know what? Actually, I he's probably just saying poor pitiful souls. That's true. Because he really didn't know this crew except for the eight that are on the longboat. And he maybe is a little happy because those crew then count to the body count to go to fill the 100 souls. Mm, that Do they? Oh, yeah. I'm saying it does. I don't think Davy Jones is going to take that. He has to now. I don't think he will. I know he may not, but it's kind of cracking uh, death. No, because Davy Jones is a little sneaky also. Well, he's a little pissed off. It's so what's happened So there's there. no this way is... he's taking those as body count. He... <sighs> He's just adding them to, to his crew. To body count or not to body count? <laughs> That's the question. Okay. And then the second one on my list was Will getting a glimpse of the kiss that I just mentioned. Yeah. Kind of that whole idea that did he really just see that? And he gets pissed pretty quick. Yeah. And then it doesn't help that Elizabeth comes down all angry at well, him. They're engaged to be married. He should be pissed. And she gets and she basically bitch slaps him when he gets in the boat. He and didn't she, do anything wrong. Damn it, Will. She's pretty much ignored him since he's been on the Black Pearl. She's had the thigh sweats for uh, Captain Sparrow. Then there's uh, another thing that uh, that I liked. It's Gibbs being the one to do the rushing here. Okay. So everybody else all of a sudden, it's like, has settled in a bit. There's a kind of a slowness happening. It's like to capture the tense moment between Elizabeth, Jack, and Will. This whole yeah. interplay. But that's broken up by Gibbs reminding us that the movie's not actually over as much as I argue that it is. And he's the one who's actually the only one who's hurrying up. He's like, we got to get the hell out of here. Well, he doesn't want to be. Everybody else is just sitting there. He doesn't want to be cracking meat. He doesn't. Cracking meat. Crackin it's meat. what's for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's calamari for dinner. I don't know. How many titles we have? Pirate Jesus. We had cracking meat. Cracking bait. <laughs> cracking bait. Probably won't use Pirate Jesus. That may be too offensive. Cracking bait. Cracking bait may be it. Into the future, pirates will prevail. Finally, we've conquered death. All our worries gone. Every night, our souls will rest till the break of dawn. And the ship sails on, package beyond, over again. When I sing the song, this my home. Until the end, centuries across the sea is not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally With a life of piracy Hail the curse of Gilmeggy And hail Captain Blood Anyways, that's one thing that I like Is Gibbs is bringing it back to the idea that There's a Kraken still out there The movie didn't end And that's my problem Is why I think that it ended Is because it takes Gibbs rushing around to remind us Like, oh, the movie isn't over yet there's still more that happens in this movie. It doesn't just happen in At World's End. Yes. Then there's the camera, as you were mentioning, shots. The camera pulls back from Jack as he watches Elizabeth leave. We get a really good full body shot of Jack's outfit again. It's like the costuming is really intense it and is. excellent. It gets us a really good look at his full outfit. That was a really good shot. We When uh, in, the, in the longboat, you get a really good shot of Will's, I think it's his vest. And the embroidery on it, too. I Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. all of the costuming is excellent. And then, speaking of the crew, another good shot is all the crew look up at the deck as if to see if Jack's really not coming oh, yeah. down. And then, kind of like staying behind, as Elizabeth said. It's And it could also be like a salute for the sacrifice, or maybe they think, 
they had Jack all wrong these years, or maybe they don't believe that he's really the only one staying behind. I'm not really sure what it is yet. It's but not they Jack's all... character to stay behind. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it, yeah. it could be a mix of all these things, and they're looking up. It's like, did we really know this guy? I mean, is he really staying behind? Yeah. It's not it's so out of character. Then they look up. It's almost like looking up to somebody that's on high. You know, he's the, dare I say, the pirate guy in the sky who's staying behind. Okay, the allegory is getting a little out of hand here. But I'm just saying I like that shot. Because when, there's another one too. It's uh, it's not really a shot though. It's when Elizabeth tells Jack she's not sorry, he simply replies pirate. Yeah. And I can't let this go from talking about it in this, this episode because pirate is a one word answer is absolutely perfect here. This is almost... This is so just like on character, so incredible, the just great writing because talk about a callback to Curse of the Black Pearl. I mean, this is excellent. And this is what I was talking about too, bringing Elizabeth down to his level, getting rid of her nobility, uh, breaking that fidelity to Will. Okay, remember when Will and Jack first met? Do you remember? Yes. When did they first meet? I'm, this is a quiz now. <laughs> you don't remember. How dare you? You've seen Curse of the Black Pearl a lot. Because I put you on the spot, you don't remember. Yeah. Blacksmith put shop? Me on a shop. Oh, when they're fighting, yeah. Oh my god. You guys, this is why she doesn't get the co-host label anymore. She's been excommunicated. Boom. Biblical reference. You can't put me on the spot. I'm never good at tests. No matter <laughs> so, what. When Will and Jack first meet in the blacksmith shop, right? They're yeah. fighting. Jack hits Will with the ash and pulls a gun on him, like breaking up the sword fight. Yeah. Will tells Jack that he cheated. He says, You cheated. And Jack's only response is pirate. Yeah. So, and I save this to the end here because it fits so well with the proud moment Jack sees with Elizabeth. It's kind of like handcuffing him with the kiss distraction. Yeah. She cheated. She flat out oh, cheated. Yeah. She not only cheated with on Will, if you want to loosely call cheated. I mean, this is there's degrees of cheating here, but we can just say loosely cheated. Broke the fidelity. She also cheated Jack with the kiss. And he tells her, pirate. And I love it, because that's what Jack would have said had the roles been reversed. Had he actually been the one, like, handcuffing Elizabeth there, and she said something like that, he'd have just said, pirate. This is an excuse. It's maybe a lifestyle. You don't need anything else to justify anything except pirate. He basically, like, anoints her as a pirate at that point. I love it. Yeah. And I don't know if I have anything else to say after that. And because I don't have to say anything, because pirate. <laughs> I could end the show right now. Pirate. Well, you got to do the ending stuff, but. No, I don't know. So do you have anything else? <laughs> That's all I got. Because that was pretty damn powerful. Pirate. You bet. So thanks for listening, Scalawags. If you like the show, if you're a pirate, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment, give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com and don't forget to join the post episode brawls on facebook we got a facebook listeners group there's a twitter account that's never used so i don't know if you could go there you could go there see nothing so go to facebook group <laughs> i should really get my act together with twitter anyways all the links are at the blackpearlshow.com it is that freaking easy and of course you know what we're doing here heather doesn't remember any of the outros and any of the intros or anything, but I'll tell you, we're delivering Pirates of the Caribbean info to the masses as the dirty, freaking, filthy bilge rats we are. We're analyzing, scrutinizing, and plundering. 
So until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling. And again, I got to keep saying it, keep the scurvy to a minimum out there. And don't forget, it's not so much the plague you have to worry about. It's the people reacting to the said apocalypse. That's what you have to worry about. So go get your rum and we'll see you next week. Arr! There you go. That's what I was waiting for. Across the sea was not enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood. On and on eternally, what life of piracy. Hail the curse of Gilmanky and hail Captain Blood. Hail Captain Blood. Listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, Scallywags. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun, I think all you dirty, filthy bilgerats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, maybe Heather. This is a Shoutreach Media Production.